page 70, 79. 79.
I think it's 20 or 30 of them. Yeah, it does. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Thank you for bringing that out, brother. Yeah, if Richard let you walk out this morning, you can sing any song you want to sing, bro. <laughs> Does anybody have anything before I turn over those to Brother Stanley? Brother Wayne, I wanted to mention this. Yeah, I, I appreciate the church praying for Elizabeth. Her um, fever has been up 105 and above all morning for the afternoon, but uh, thank the Lord it started to break this afternoon. Praise so. the Lord. So y'all continue to pray for her. Now, her kids had her in Aniana ready to head to children's. And uh, we had asked people that would know to pray. And Meg, of course, put it out. And all of her church family in different places. And Meg, while we were sitting there in a different car talking to them, Meg says, well, wait a minute, it's gone down. She said, I don't <laughs> know. We've not gotten the new medicine yet. She said, I don't know anything except for it's just the Lord and yeah. prayer. And, uh, well, I, that's that's all it ever takes. It works. It, it is calling out on the Lord. And, and I'm so glad that, <laughs> that she's raising her kids. Uh, knowing that they're in the watch care and nurture of the Lord. And sure. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I'm thankful for the Lord taking care of them. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. You know, and, I, and, and of course, your know, prayer goes a long ways. And, and I thank the church for the prayers for me and, and us. And, and uh, you know, it's good to pray for each other. It's yes. always good to pray for each other. And, and, uh, and yes, brother. I'm sorry, brother Wayne, but this morning I, I got carried away and tried to shut myself down and quench the spirit and tried not. But the truth is, I never answered the question I asked how far away is the Lord? He's one prayer away. That's right. That's how close he is. Sure. Exactly. I'm sorry. No, you're, don't be sorry. <laughs> he is just one prayer away. You know, God tells us to pray. God tells us to pray. We don't know when he's going to come back. He don't know when. He tells us. He told us. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. That he is going to come back. Amen. Sure. And, uh, and, and, and that, that's something that he, he told us he's going to do. But we don't know when it's going to be. But he told us to do one thing. He told us to pray. Yeah, goes to pray and be ready for that day, for that hour. It's going to come, and it will come. And we should pray for each other. It was saying three thirty. I I wasn't yes. saying that this morning. <coughs> uh, time to do it. I'd love to sing that song. If you got a song you want to. A leader, sing whatever. Let just mind go. Down at the bottom, I need the.
great song. What a great song. Anyone else? You have a song you like the first to sing. Almighty quiet. <laughs> well, Brother Steve, I will turn over to you. Thank you, Brother Peter, for that. How true that song is, we just sang, I need thee uh, every hour. And uh, I may have mentioned before, years ago, the Lord gave me a, a message to preach, and, and uh, the thought was all I need. And, uh, and, and as you can imagine, the, the, the whole thing was about Jesus and about being all that we need in our life. And I'd used the comparison uh, Belinda's mom lived with us for a little while, stayed with us some, and she was, uh, uh, she was easy to take care of. She, uh, she had pretty much all of her belongings in a suitcase, and, and uh, she, she just uh, didn't want to be any trouble like most don't, and, uh, and she wasn't. But on the other hand, <clears throat> my mom was a little more high maintenance, and uh, we had her for uh, a little while there at the house. And, I, and boy, I miss my mama. I love her, wish I could talk to her again. But, uh, but, but nevertheless, she was a little bit on the high maintenance side. And uh, um, mama would, um, time became irrelevant to her because her sleeping and her awake time was all messed up. And so uh, it was just common for her at midnight or one o'clock in the morning to be wide awake and then maybe middle of the day, she'd be sound asleep. And uh, to people that sleep at night and stay awake in the day, that sometimes that could be a kind of tough. But, uh, but I remember mom, she would say before we went to bed, she'd say, uh, now I need a glass of ice water. She couldn't get up and go get it. And she'd say, now I need a glass of ice water over here. And, and uh, she'd look around, she'd say, now, I believe that's all I need before y'all go to bed. And uh, we'd get the ice water and, and then we'd start to go to bed or sometimes lay down, Belinda can vouch for this. And she'd say, there's one more thing I need. I need a little bite of something sweet. My sugar dropping a little bit. I need a little bite of something sweet. So we'd go in there and get her something and take it in there. And she said, I'm not gonna bother y'all more. This is all I need. But long story short, we went on an hour or so with things that she decided she needed. Uh, bless her heart. And she said, I'm gonna watch a little TV. I need my remote. And, uh, and so uh, I thought about that. Uh, but Jesus is all that she needed. It was really, and, and she, would, she would tell you that. And, and she left that testimony that that's that's what she needed. And that's all any of us need in our life. Because when we, when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, there's so much that comes with that besides salvation. If salvation was all that it was, why, that would be worth getting saved for. But I found out that, that by knowing the Lord, there's benefits that we can't even measure that comes with knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I've often said that I don't take for granted the roof over my head, the food that's on my table. Somebody said, well, preacher, you work for a living. That's what you get when you work. Well, 
uh, uh, I could be in shape where I couldn't work. And, uh, but God provides everything. I, on these cold nights when I get in the shower and, uh, and I turn that knob over there to hot and that hot water starts coming out, I don't take that for granted because it wasn't too many years ago to folks had to go out to the well to get their water and they had to build a fire to heat it up. And boy, it's nice to be able to uh, uh, turn a faucet and just in a few seconds have good hot water there to take a shower. So, uh, uh, Jesus is all I need and everything that comes with you <laughs> uh, today. And I, I appreciate that. I've got a few verses of scripture I'd like to read. I'm not going to be uh, very long at all. We've got uh, our business meeting here in just a few minutes and we don't have a lot of business to take care of. Um, but I would like for you, if you will, to turn your Bible to the prophet Ezekiel's writing. Uh, Ezekiel uh, uh, the 37th chapter and um, uh, I, 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 the thought that the Lord gave me is, is there's still hope uh, today in a, in, a, in a seemingly hopeless world that we live in and if you look around a lot of times uh, carnally, carnally speaking you, you would be justified to say that we're in a hopeless situation uh, but spiritually speaking, uh, we're we're everything but hopeless today. We are. We got we got so much going for us, and and uh, and 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 you can look back through the Word of God and the children of Israel and the, and some of the situations that they were in. Some of them, most of them, bad situations that they were in, they brought on themselves. Uh, by, by disobedience and sin it, it brought it on and, and it was prophesied to them that if they continued in that that, that there would be a consequence that would, that would come with it but God always uh, gave them a space for repentance and to get out of that and, and, uh, and, and I'm glad today that uh, uh, even though I'm not thrilled about uh, uh, a lot of the decisions that are being made in the higher ups in, in federal government and all um, I'm thrilled and I'm encouraged to be a Christian today I really am uh, we're, we're, living, we're not living in times that caught Jesus by surprise God knew exactly what, where we was headed and, and what's going on he knew back over yonder um, uh, uh, back in the 1960's there was a lot of turmoil in this country and a lot of us were very young then, some some not old enough to remember. There's a lot of turmoil in this country, and then I heard from some older people that have died and gone on that back in the 1920s there was some turmoil uh, in this country. They called it the Roaring Twenties, and they said that uh, that there was a lot of uh, sin going on in America during that time. So um, so so sin is not anything new. To, to, uh, to us today. It's always been around. Sometimes it seems to be more than at other times, uh, but, 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 it, but it's, it's always been around. But uh, uh, beginning with the first verse in the 37th chapter, it said, the, and this is Ezekiel speaking, he said, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? 
And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews <clears throat> upon you, and will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin. And put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. When I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came uh, into them, and they lived and stood uh, upon their feet, an, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. And shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Now I believe I'll stop reading uh, right there. But uh, as we as we look at this, uh, there's a lot of things in the in the the, the, uh, the prophecies of Ezekiel that. Maybe not to you, but to me, they're very hard to understand. They're mysterious, and they're, uh, they're, so some of the things are, are hard to understand. There's a lot of different opinions about what Ezekiel was talking about uh, in, in a lot of his writings. And it, it, it kind of ties in with Daniel and, and in the book of Revelation, these, these, uh, uh, these things that, that he writes about. Uh, Ezekiel was shown a lot of visions. He prophesied during the time of the captivity, whereas Jeremiah prophesied leading up to the captivity. He was warning the people of what would come, and, and Ezekiel lived during the Babylonian uh, uh, captivity uh, here. And, and, and it, was, it was prophesied, and God had assured them uh, that he would gather the house of Israel, even all the, uh, uh, all the nation, and return them to their own land. This was prophesied that this would happen. But there was two things that seemingly made this prophecy very unlikely to ever happen. And, 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 and the things that, uh, two of the things here that were, uh, uh, that come to our mind is uh, that these people were scattered among their enemies. They had been in bondage in captivity for so long and they were they were scattered among their enemies. And the second thing was that they were so discouraged in the shape that they were in. And, 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 and so I believe that 
uh, uh, these people were at the point to where they thought they were hopeless. They really thought that they were hopeless. And, and so God uh, takes Ezekiel and he, and he carries him up there and he shows him in a vision a valley of dry bones. And not only a valley of dry bones, but I don't believe that there was one bone connected to the other. I, uh, I can just picture what Ezekiel was seeing here and it, and, it, and it probably looked like a mass grave is probably what it looked like. You probably had a skull over here and a rib cage here, uh, a leg bone, an arm bone here and there. And they were just, and I'm not trying to be gruesome, but you can just imagine what that looked like. They had been out in the sun and in the wind, and we know what that does to bones over a period of time. They, the Bible said that uh, Ezekiel said they were very dry. There was very many of them, and they were very dry. And, and so uh, when Ezekiel looked at this, the first thing you would think of is this is just a hopeless pile of bones. And, and, uh, 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 and, and if a man was even going to try to put them back together uh, uh, to even make some form of a human being, he would have had trouble finding what skull went with what rib cage and, and it, would, it would have just been a mess. He wouldn't have been able to, to decipher anything. But uh, God showed Ezekiel uh, in this vision, he showed him, uh, he asked him, he said, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said what any smart person would say, God, thou knowest, thou knowest. What did John tell the Lord when he asked him some things in Revelation? Thou knowest, amen. And, uh, and God began to show him uh, those bones coming back together, bone to bone, not, not the wrong bone with the wrong body, but uh, everyone coming back to the place where it was supposed to be. And, uh, and I'm sure that it, as Ezekiel saw this, he thought, that's all well and good, but it's still just a skeleton. It's still just a bunch of bones put back uh, together where they were. But the Bible says, uh, that he shows him uh, covering the bones with sinews, amen, and with skin, amen. So, so these bones are beginning to look more lifelike. They're beginning to look uh, uh, more lifelike, and, and, and but still and yet, they're still just dead bodies uh, that are laying there. There's no life in them. They've, uh, they've got skin over them now, and I guess there was hair growed back on them, but uh, they were still lifeless. And he told him, how to prophesy unto the wind, the four winds. And, and he said, to, I prophesy that the wind would come and, and breathe life into these uh, our bodies. And so uh, that's what happened. And, and life came into them. And the Bible said how that they stood up. Now, when you see a, a, a corpse or a figure of a corpse, I stand up on his feet. Uh, you begin to think about there's some life here somewhere. Amen. And uh, uh, the Bible said that they got up uh, like a great army. And so uh, as we begin to look at this and we begin to see uh, that God was showing Ezekiel that he had power uh, how to take these people uh, uh, who thought they were dispersed, uh, uh, thought they were forgot about, uh, uh, so discouraged. Uh, uh, we live in a time today, uh, amen, where there's a lot of Christian folks today uh, uh, that for one reason or another, uh, 
Uh, Brother Greg, they have become discouraged in the way. Uh, maybe they've had some family trouble. Uh, maybe they've had some church trouble. Uh, uh, but something down the way uh, has got them discouraged. Uh, and they're uh, sort of like these dry bones uh, uh, that was in the valley there. Uh, amen. Uh, and a lot of them say uh, uh, there's just no hope. Uh, uh, this is the best it's going to be. Uh, uh, but I got news for you today. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, when God breathes life into you, uh, amen, uh, uh, he'll put you back on your feet. Uh, he'll help you dust off your knees. Uh, and he'll give you some go ye uh, uh, to keep on going. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now we can look at this uh, resurrection here and, and uh, 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 and some people call it a, uh, I was reading one of the commentaries and he said uh, we can look at this as a threefold resurrection and, and uh, he said the first being uh, the resurrection of souls from death of sin to a life of righteousness. We know that when somebody gets saved uh, they're resurrected, amen. Uh, their soul from, from death unto life uh, and, and life more abundantly. It said also that this resurrection uh, represented uh, the gospel church uh, from an afflicted, persecuted state uh, to a state of glory and happiness. Amen. And then it went on to say uh, that this resurrection uh, could be of the saved uh, uh, to life eternal on the resurrection day. Now I remember how Brother Calvin Tuck, uh, right before he died, and uh, he was a uh, he was an old time primitive Baptist, and he told his grandson who was fixing to preach his funeral, he said, "Now son." When you preach my funeral, so I want you to do it. I'm proud of you and I love you and I want you to preach my funeral. But don't you go telling them folks that my body is coming up out of that grave because it ain't. Amen. I, I, I'm going to tell you something today. I, I don't understand everything about that. I, I, but I know this. There's something coming out of there. I, according to the Word of God. Yeah, on that final day, I, said the graves are going to burst open. I, amen. Amen. But I believe this resurrection uh, uh, that God was talking about uh, with Ezekiel uh, uh, was a resurrection from a dead spiritual life into a resurrection yeah. of glory and peace today. Amen. 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 Do, do you believe there's walking dead folks? I yeah. do. I do. As sure as I'm standing here, I believe today that you got folks, amen, lost and undone without God. Amen. Just living a life of misery. And just because they're able to walk, set up, take nourishment, according to the Bible, they're dead in their sins. Amen. Amen. Dead in their sins. Amen. And uh, uh, but I'm going to tell you something today. Uh, uh, when the Spirit of the Lord uh, uh, comes down and breathes life into you, uh, and we can take it all the way back to the book of Genesis, uh, uh, when He breathed life uh, into Adam, amen, and made him a living soul today. Uh, I'm glad that no matter how backslid or how dusty, amen, that we get, we can cause ourselves a lot of heartache in this walks of life. We can bring a reproach upon the church. We can do all kinds of things, but we're not beyond what God 
can help us with today. What he can help us with. Right. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled about that too. I really am. I'm glad. I always consider when somebody comes to know the Lord and the free pardon of sin, whether they're a child or somebody on up in their, their years. Amen. I believe they've come from death to life. Amen. The Bible teaches us that the power of death has no more power over us anymore once we become born again. Amen. We die out to sin. Amen. And we become a, a new creature in Christ. And I'm glad of that today. I believe this body here, I, if it leaves this walks of life, I, I, before the Lord comes and calls an end to this thing, I, I believe it will go back to the dust of the earth I, or to ashes. I, if I get burned up the fire, I, I just whatever. I, I, but there's something inside of me I, I, that the Lord saved I, that's doing very well today. It's got a clean bill of health. Amen. And I'm glad today that that's going to be reunited with God today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord today. Amen. Boy, there's still hope. There's still hope today for families. Amen. We, a lot of times, we we have a tendency to want to give up on some folks because of the way they live. And, uh, We'll, we'll have a tendency to say, well, they've just gone too far. They just, they're just beyond help. I'm going to tell you something. You're underestimating the power of God when you Amen. say that uh, today. He come to seek and to save those that were lost. He's the great physician, and He come for those that are sick today. Amen. And the whole world was sick under sin. Amen. And He came uh, to give life to whosoever will today. Boy, I'm glad he did. Amen. Jesus said in one place over in John, he said, Verily, verily, he said, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is. <laughs> he didn't say that, look for it down the road, but he said, now is. Amen. Uh, he said, uh, now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Praise the Lord Amen. today. We got, if we got folks in our community that are spiritually dead today, amen, we need to be reaching just as hard as we can reach, amen, to let them know that there's hope yeah. uh, for them today. Boy, I love to hear how somebody testify, amen, and everybody's experience of grace is important. Everybody, uh, to them, and all, to each person, it all be the, the, the best thing that ever happened to you. Y'all brag about it. Brag on the Lord. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, when you see somebody uh, that was just, uh, uh, that, that just lived a life of, 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 of disobedience to God, they had a, had a uh, reputation in the community to be a, uh, maybe a hell raiser as we'd call them, amen, and causing all kind of trouble, in trouble with the law all the time, and they have a reputation, all of us have known how folks like that, I'm going to tell you they're not beyond, their bones are not too dry today, amen, that God can't wrap them with sinew and put uh, a skin back on them today and breathe life into them, amen. He can do that. He can do that. Boy, I love to hear folks testify of what they used to be <laughs> and what they are. Uh, what they are by grace. Amen. The Bible teaches us concerning the prodigal son. And, 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 and we know that he went out there and he spent his life on riotous living. He wasted his inheritance. Amen. And he ended up in a hog pen desiring to eat what the pigs was eating. And he thought to himself how, much, how good he had it 
back over on the farm where he grew up and, and, and how, how good he had it over there. And now he's out there with a bunch of hogs trying to just eat what they're leaving over. Amen. And the Bible teaches us, we know the story, uh, that he, he's willing to come back home. And he said, I'm willing to come back as a servant. I'll just be a servant at my daddy's place, amen, just to be able to come back home and get out of this hog pen. And the Bible said that he, uh, that he come back over there, amen, and his father was there with open arms and he put a coat on him, amen, and he, he killed the fatty calf and, and uh, they, just, uh, they just had a celebration because he come home. And the other brother over there who had kept his nose clean and had pretty much stayed there on the farm and worked with Daddy and, and, and kind of made the right decisions, amen, he'd become a little bit jealous about brother uh, coming back after he had spent all that money and wasted it. Uh, he was a little bit jealous about him coming back and how the Daddy carried on. Everybody carried on about him coming back over there. And he tried to tell his dad uh, uh, why he carried on like this. He went out there and took what you gave him and he wasted it away. Amen. But here's what Daddy told him there. He said, It was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead <laughs> and is alive again and was lost and he's found. Amen. We all rejoice. We all rejoice every time. Amen. That a lost sinner comes finds the Lord. Amen. I pray that even if I don't get to see it somewhere, somehow, over the revival over here, revival over there, somebody laying in their bed, that they'll come to know Jesus and the free pardon of sin. Boy, that's what I pray for. I'm going to tell you, there are people who are walking dead folks today. They are. And they're just a time bomb. Amen. One step between them and death. Amen. And I firmly believe, and until I'm proven different, I firmly believe that the condition we die in, Brother Bobby, that that's it. I believe that God has the ability to bring the dead back to life. He's done it. He's proved it. He did it with Lazarus. Amen. I've heard of folks in the hospitals that, and, and I'm sure these medics have seen this, uh, I, I've heard where they just straight lined. Amen. The, the monitor said, heartbeat's over with. Amen. And, uh, and they had put the paddles on them and then put the paddles on them and sometimes it would revive them and sometimes that chart would go back to this. But then a lot of times it just stayed straight. And the doctor will usually make a, make a call after they try it so many times. And if that, if that thing don't come back, the doctor will call it and he'll say, right down the death as this time. I'm going to tell you today, once we leave this walks of life, we're dead, we're buried, our destiny is set. It's set. Some people say, preacher, the God I serve, why? He wouldn't let nobody, he wouldn't let nobody go to hell. I firmly believe that they'll go by their own choice. Right. Their own choice. Right. I believe that with all my heart. We should not rejoice ever when a lost person die. We should never rejoice in that. We would be tempted sometimes to say, well, they're getting what they deserve. 
Don't ever think that. Don't ever feel that in your heart. We should weep for those that leave this walks of life without the Lord. And the other day we were rejoicing. It was a celebration service for Brother Robert because of the testimony that he left, Amen. And others that have left this walks of life leaving a testimony that they knew the Lord and the free pardon of sin. Those people that couldn't help but stand up every now and then in church and just tell how God had blessed them. Amen. Them are a lot easier to bear. <laughs> Amen. We know we're going to see them again. And their works do follow them. Amen. But today, God showed Ezekiel what he could do. This vision that he showed him of these dry bones in the valley were representing the children of Israel and the condition they were in after the captivity. Hopeless. And you know, even during the time they were in captivity, a lot of times they were bickering amongst themselves. They were not standing in unity, but they were bickering amongst themselves. That's what got them into that shape to begin with. But God could see a revival. He could see a revival. Amen. Our churches, and I appreciate Liberty Hill Church. I really do. I appreciate the, the life that's here and the, the livelihood that's here. I appreciate most of all the spirit that comes and meets with us yes. from Sunday Amen. to Sunday. But you, we need to pray for these churches that are struggling right now. Yeah. Amen. Well, I've had people tell me, they've said, Brother, our little old church, we're just, we're just hanging on by a thread. We're just hanging on by a thread. And said, we don't seem to have any services that are a mountaintop. It seems to all be just kind of doom, gloom, and doom. We need to pray. Amen. That God would fill those places with His Spirit. Yes. That He had set some preachers on fire. Yes. Amen. That He had set the church on fire. Yes. And that folks would commence to testify about what God's done for them. I remember one time, uh, uh, Brother Tunis Aldridge uh, said he was pastoring a church somewhere come revival time. And, and uh, he said he felt so sorry for the man of God they had called to help them in the revival said the church wasn't nowhere near ready for revival. Amen. And uh, said the man got up there and preached his heart out and the church just looked at him. Nobody testified. Nobody doing anything. Brother Tuna said the next service they come to and he told the things was he was going to do it. I wouldn't be brave enough, but Brother Tunis was. He said, y'all don't want to be here, not one of you. <laughs> he said, we're going to have prayer and we're going to dismiss the service. He said, we're not going to put this man through this another night. <clears throat> he said, all of a sudden, he said, what it was, he had there were some people in the church mad at one another. He said, that's what the root of it was. He said all of a sudden they looked around, couldn't believe Brother Tuna said that. 
they looked around at one another. And just in a little bit, tears started falling. And one went over to the other and started hugging them and said, I'm sorry <laughs> how I felt about you. <laughs> Amen. Another one to go to hugging another one. And he said, before long, everybody was crying and hugging one another's neck. And he said, the rest of the week, we had revival. He said, I believe if we had just left it alone, it would have just dried up to about nothing. But I'm going to tell you, God can take. God can take us when we're dried up, when we don't think we have a testimony, when we're not excited about our salvation. And He breathed life into that thing. And He'd get us excited about it. Amen. I love each and every one of you. Now, I want you to know there's still hope today. Amen. And we're seeing hope fulfilled. We're seeing it. Amen. Uh, God's still in, in, in the blessing business. God wants to see revival more than anybody else. He wants His people, amen, to be up and about His business. Amen. amen. And reaching for a lost and dying world. Boy, I love the Lord today. I know this ain't been much, but I want you to realize today, and I realize I'm talking to the backbone of the church, but I realize today that sometimes we can get discouraged. Sometimes we can get dry. But I'm going to tell you, you let the Lord breathe that life into you today. <coughs> Amen. There's nothing like a garden. Looking out on your garden when you're in the middle of a drought and you ain't got no way of water. Boy, there ain't nothing looks worse than tomatoes. They ain't got water on them. Boy, they'll dry up. They won't make nothing. Have you ever gone in a greenhouse? You go in a greenhouse and they've got a mist spraying in there. Not enough to get you soaking wet. You can just fill a mist. And boy, every plant in there is just thriving. Just thriving because it's got that mist. It's got that good soil that it's in. That's the way I want to be. Yeah, I want to be in the, in the midst of the midst of the Spirit of God. Amen. Planted in some good soil. Amen. And I want to be able to grow. Amen. I love each and every one of you today. Come get us a song. And uh, I want you to stand and anybody needs to pray. And if you need to testify, I'd love for you to testify. We're fixing to go into our business meeting here. Amen. 396. Look at 396. 396.